Well, good evening, guys. Hope everybody had a good week. Uh, was it a good week so far, Mike? <laughs> so, uh, Dan's got the <clears throat> reminder slash warning that this session is being recorded. Uh, they will, you know, questions and stuff when they go back through it, lock you guys out and just put the questions up and on a slide so that people know the questions. So try to hide uh, your who you are, specifically Mike, because we know Lisa likes to watch these things to see what he says. <laughs> uh, Dan, could you open us in prayer? So hopefully you guys remember we've been working on the triangle and our relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with our wife, as well as our wife's relationship with God. And as we keep growing closer and closer to God, and we keep growing closer and closer to one another. And we're going to continue to work on that in the, this is our third week on this. And tonight we're going to be looking a little bit at doing things with our wives this week and next week. Yeah, I see that strange look. <laughs> because, you know, while we're growing closer to our wives, you know, we should be like, what are, you know, you have common interests. You also have things that you're not, you know, opposites do attract, and we will see that. And there's reasons why opposites attract, but you need to find those common ground, those common bonds to keep doing things. Uh, <clears throat> for those of us who have, uh, are now in the empty nester stage. You know, if you didn't build up on those bonds and those relationships when you had kids, it's gonna become really hard and you're not gonna have anything in common when the kids are gone. Your whole relationship cannot be about your kids. You need to find those things to do together with your wife when you have kids. Um, <clears throat> I'll throw this out there again, you know, my wife, as our kids were getting into the high school years, said, you know, we need to start preparing for when they go to college for them and then being the empty nesters, that I tried to take one day off a month from work just to go to the movies, go out to eat, to go do something. Uh, and just so those of you who know me pretty well, we'd go to the first showing of the movie and catch it for the, yep, I see a thumbs up, catch it for, uh, I think back then it might have been $4, it's up to probably five fifty now, you know. <laughs> We're not going to the, the 10 to $12, you know, movie. We'll go to, you know, something that's still inexpensive to keep the budget in line, but still spending that time together. And then going out for, you know, if you go out for, you know, early morning movie, go to a nice place for lunch, you get the lunch menu, and the price is almost half the price for the lunch as it is for the dinner. All these little things to, we'll get into that a little bit next week because uh, things to work on are finances, you know, that's, a, that's usually an issue in a marriage. And we're gonna try to talk about that next week. So anything you can do to help keep your finances in line so you're not fighting about finances helps build that relationship. Uh, serving together, whether it's in the church, outside of the church, you need to know 
We're going to look at spiritual gifts as well as hopefully tonight we'll look at some of the temperaments. I hope you guys did those temperaments. If not, uh, back table, you can grab one back there. I encourage you to take one. I encourage you to give one to your wife to take for herself. And it's not, if you truly know pluses and minuses of what your temperaments are good and, you know, weaknesses and strengths of your temperaments as well as your wife's, you know, everybody doesn't think the same way you think. Yes, <laughs> that is true. And your wife probably is, in most a lot of cases, is the opposite of you because opposites do attract. And when you understand your temperament and your wife's temperament, you can work to see, well, how do we work together? For those of you with kids at home, it will also help you to raise your kids because how you may look at raising your kids and disciplining your kids will be completely different than your spouse. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh. No, I wanted you to have your wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I told her she judged me on those questions. Okay. Did she come up with the same answers as you did? I didn't want to see the answers. I just said with the number. Because I didn't want to have her okay. conflict with, I disagree with your answer there. So, uh, but yeah, we had the same seat. Uh, so, have her take, grab one, take it home. Have her do one. Yep. Uh, and, you know, while the test is a test, it's it's a guide. You're probably, as we go through these things, you're going to know who you are, who your wife is, and probably who your kid is, just by some of the things that we'll talk about. The test is just a, a kind of a basis to get you started. But tonight we're going to look, uh, starting off with spiritual gifts. And we could spend weeks on spiritual gifts, but we're not going to spend weeks here in class on spiritual gifts. Our church does have a spiritual gift inventory test. Do they give that out at the 411 class? Anybody who's been through? Okay. Uh, I know it was talked about that if you do go through the 411 class, our church does have one. And the spiritual gift test there is designed so you can try to figure out what your gift are. Uh, is that the 150 question one or? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's to help them to plug you into the right area. To serve. Uh, let's start. Somebody like to read First Peter four, seven through eleven, up on the screen. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Well, I put the whole paragraph there because I really don't like to just pick and choose verses and take them out of context. We like to try to keep the context together. But mostly we're going to be looking at verse 10. But what is a spiritual gift? Do 
Do I have any of my Greek scholars here? <laughs> Do you know what the Greek word is for that gets translated into spiritual gifts? Okay, well, I got a charismata. And I don't know if I'm saying that correctly because I am not a Greek scholar. But that comes from, the root word is charis, and it means grace. So basically, spiritual gifts are grace gifts given to us from God. And grace, grace, G-R-A-C-E, grace. You may have a great gift, but... <laughs> But they are grace gifts given to us when we become a Christian from God. So, what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? What does it mean to serve one another? We also are edifying the body. What what is edifying the body? Body of Christ. But what? Build it up. Yeah. Build it up. If we want to have a strong, solid biblical church here, we need to be serving one another. We need to be continually building up. If we want to have men in a strong men's group with strong marriages, what do we need to be doing?
Well, I mean, that goes back to, you know, the series that Mark's doing right now. You know, sin. Our, our human flesh sinful nature is, well, if I do something for you, I, you know, I expect you to do something for me. But is that what we're called to do? No, we're just called to serve one another. Right after it says, you know, we've received the gift and we use it to serve one another as good stewards. What's a steward? Well, I'd be a good steward. I would agree. I think it depends on where we are in life, where we are serving and things like that, that, you know, I think the Holy Spirit can... I don't know if adjust is the right word, but maybe make certain spiritual gifts more predominant than others in our life, depending on what the need might be. Uh, I don't think we should get locked into, I took a spiritual gift test uh, 20 years ago, and this, these are my gifts, and you know, that's it. I, I don't think that is true and correct. I think God can use us in different places at different times, and, and things can change.
want to get back to stewards with, you know, uh, Tom said managing. How does stewards relate, being a good steward, relate to your spiritual gift? I'll say sometimes a little pruning is good. You know, hearing the hard, tough messages, you may have people walk out of here and say, I don't need that. I don't want to be here. I don't want to hear about my sin. I'm leaving that church. But what he's saying is the truth. You know, we need to hear it because if you get back and we, we make ourselves stronger with the truth, we will be growing. Mark, you had your hand up? Uh, what else does a steward, the word steward, imply? Okay, yep, helper. Yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for that we haven't heard yet. You know, you know, we heard manager, but you know, let's get back to like, you know, yes, we're giving a, we're giving our spiritual gift from whom? God through the Holy Spirit. Okay, but, you know, we're called to be a steward of that gift. You know, you know, it's not, it's like, it's my gift, I have this gift. No, that's not, should be our attitude. God has given me this gift, I now need to use it in the right way. Uh, you know, back to serving one another, building up the body. You know, I think a lot of times we think of steward more in a, more of a financial type realm in the business sense, not in the spiritual gift sense. But we are called to be a steward with those spiritual gift or gifts that we've received. And we need to keep using them, building up the body, making our church stronger, making our brothers in the Lord stronger, making our wives stronger, 
it's it's a scary thought with some of these things, you know. Because, you know, God can give us, I think we talked about, God will give us certain gifts at certain times, but he can also then take them away at certain times too. And, you know, I think some of us might hear who say, you know, you know, a spiritual gift that we have right now, if we're not using it right, God may take that spiritual gift away from us. And now we're serving, thinking we have the gift, and it's not going to be a fun time serving. I think the best way to know if you're serving with your gifts is if you're enjoying it. I remember years ago somebody told me about, you know, they were doing some of the stuff with uh, the fall festival type of stuff, and, you know, they got cotton candy and stuff all over the place, and I'm like, I could never do something like that. But yet, and they're going on telling me, like, thank you for helping out with serving and some of the financial stuff. And they're like, I could never do that. And I'm like, yes, because we're both serving where our gifts are, okay? Me, me having cotton candy all over myself, that would not be a fun experience for me. But, you know, helping out with some of the financial, helping out with the benevolence fund people, with the budgeting things, that was something I could do. The person I was talking to, finances meant nothing to them. You know. But, you know, doing fun things to help kids and helping the community, they had that gift of service. And, you know, I think we've probably all been in that place. And I, I, I appreciate the church wanting to do spiritual gift tests to find out where you should serve. Because a lot of times, and I think I've seen less and less over the years, but a long time ago, they're like, Mark, we need you to do this with the youth group. And you may not have that gift to do that, but yet you feel, since you've been asked, you have to do it. Serving with your wife, a good thing, but serving in an area where one of you doesn't like, not a good thing. Because in all likelihood, in that scenario, probably the wife is frustrated that she's doing all the stuff with the kid. Okay, fun question here. How many spiritual gifts are there? <laughs> I think depending on who you study with done studies on that, you'll get all kinds of answers. I've heard sometimes seven, I've heard up over thirty. And you know, I think a lot of it depends on the spiritual gift test you take. So I'm not gonna come up here and tell you there's this number of spiritual gifts. That's probably the best answer. <laughs> Uh, some people group them together to come up with seven. Some of them give different things, but I think, you know, what God needs, that's what he's going to give out to people. Uh, who has a spiritual gift? 
Well, let's be careful with that. Where, believers, yeah. Everybody who's accepted Christ, every Christian has a spiritual gift. That's what I was going to say. Could we have more than one? Probably not. <laughs> Why should we know what our spiritual gift is? Let's go the other way. I took spiritual gift test and I don't have the gift of this, this, or this. And I get asked to do that. Should I immediately say no? Sorry, I don't that Yeah. No, that is not the correct answer. I think you should still pray about something because maybe God is trying to expand you. Uh, there's a few people here in this church who've known me for the 35 years I've been here. And probably those who've known me 35 years ago, you would not have seen me sitting up here. Uh, my wife, who we met back when we were in college, would tell you I was the guy who sat in the back corner of a room and just sat there quietly. Okay? I would not have been up front in front of 20-some you know, guys trying to teach slash lead. Now, do I think I have the gift of teaching? I don't think if I do the spirit, it's not going to come up teaching. But I feel I can come up here through the years of the church, people asking me, people like Scott, asking me to do different things over the years with stuff as a church leader here from the start of the church. Uh, you, you start getting a little more comfortable. You feel like, okay, I can do that. I can share the knowledge and wisdom God has given me with others. I'm not going to stand up here and speak for 45 minutes, but I can help lead a discussion on things to keep people going that I can hopefully pull out of you guys more knowledge and wisdom to share with other men. So, well, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think I shared with some of you guys, I, you know, my wife and I got to share at a uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes down in Bloomsburg, or sorry, not Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, that's where we met, uh, Campus Crusade through for Christ ministry down at Bloomsburg. And we got to speak on marriage several years ago. And we're driving home. And my wife, for those of you who know her, know she's a teacher. You know, she goes to women's conferences and does the teaching, all the sessions for a long period of time. We're driving home, and she goes, did you enjoy that? And I'm like, I don't know if enjoy would be the word I would use. <laughs> but to her, you know, standing up front and teaching and sharing God's word with people, that's her spiritual gift. She really, she really enjoys doing it. You know, opening up the Bible and sharing with people, uh, I mean, she can go on for days probably and, and enjoy it the whole time. Me, I reach a point where I'm done. Yes. I endured. Uh,
I will say, I think if we're serving in our gifted areas, I think we'll probably be happier. But don't, I don't want it once again, I'm not going to tell you, well, that's not my gift, I can't serve here. Pray about it. See if God's trying to expand you. The other thing I'll throw out where we talked about with the, when I talked about the God-ordained authority. You know, you're the head of the household. You know, your wife, you know, a lot of times when you ask, if you're asked to do something, you have your wife pray for it. If there's a caution, that caution usually will come through the wife of should you do this or not do this. So, you know, ask your wife. I've been asked to serve in this area in the church. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Let's pray about it. You know, you'll get, you know, one of my fun accounting terms is a warm, fuzzy feeling, okay? Uh, you know, something just doesn't feel right about this. Or I have a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling, it must be okay, okay? See if you, you know, your wife will have that caution. Or she may tell you, yeah, I think that is something you should do. So it's not, you're not here on your own with your spiritual gift. You're a team, you and your wife. And can you flip to First Corinthians? Or sorry, yeah, First Corinthians twelve. Thank you. Would somebody like to read that, please? Thank you, Mark. Once again, I don't like just picking verses out, and so, so I took the whole paragraph so we can get it into context. But I want to kind of emphasize here the, the beginning part of this paragraph, verses 4 through 6. Whom do we see mentioned in those verses? Yeah. Yep. So spiritual gifts are tied into the whole trinity. And how are they involved? How, who, to, from whom do we receive our gift of the of the Trinity? Which, pardon? Yeah, all three, but <laughs> but looking at the, we'll say the specific roles of the Trinity, which part of the Trinity, going back to even what we were talking before, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us our gift, and then what are we supposed to do with that gift? Well, let's go back a step. First part. Serve who? The church, one another. Okay? So, through Jesus, 
Second part, we're serving his church. All for whom? Who gets the ultimate glory? God. All for the glory of God. So spiritual gifts were all, you know, are designed even through the Trinity, you know, given to us by the Holy Spirit to serve the body of Christ, one another, all for the glory of God. Uh, questions, comments on spiritual gifts? I mean, whether you take a spiritual gift test every few years or you just have an idea from knowing what spiritual gifts are that you've changed, but don't get locked into, well, when I became a Christian 30 years ago, I took a spiritual gift test and this is what my gifts are. Well, that's what they were 30 years ago, but not necessarily where you are today. And don't get locked into that. Don't be afraid to try to expand what you think are your spiritual gifts because once again, I'll say God may be trying to expand and build you so that you can serve the church better. And, you know. Yes. Uh, what I think what I'd like to do is, you know, kind of break right now. I know there's eight questions on your sheet, but the first four all are on the spiritual gifts. So let's try to go through those first four questions. I'll come back up, review them with everybody. We'll see where we are on time, and then I'll get into the temperaments. And I knew I wasn't going to get through. There's a lot here between spiritual gifts and temperaments, and we're going to continue next week. But I kind of think I want to wrap up the spiritual gift part instead of getting a little bit into temperaments and then going through the questions. So uh, let's break up into the small groups and go through those first four questions. Pardon? Oh, did I mistyped them? 
<laughs> yeah, it should be, do you know your spiritual gifts and what they are? Do you know your wife's spiritual gifts and what they are? I could have sent Dan the wrong information than what I 